to stop accepting what people give you and start asking for what you are worth. Welcome to East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. Inspiring stories from local people and businesses you likely already know and trust. Here is your host, third generation family business entrepreneur, Renee Oswald. Welcome to another episode of East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. This is the show where we interview business owners, entrepreneurs, and influencers in East Idaho and learn the stories of their challenges and successes with their business dreams. I am excited for today's interview because this woman has a proven track record of success and her business can help all of us find our own financial success and we very well may have been influenced her, uh, by her on a daily basis and not even really noted, <laughs> oh, known no. that. <laughs> so I'd like to welcome Miranda Marquette to the show. Welcome. So thank so you glad to have you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we're really grateful to be able to uh, interview you today. So Miranda, talk to me about what your business. I know that you have Miranda Marquette Freelancing. So talk to us a little bit about what that is. Yeah, so uh, it's freelancing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Yes. What it says. Super great. <laughs> now, uh, basically, uh, like I like to say, I write about money on the internet. So, uh, so I started out writing, I actually started out as a science writer um, way back in the day, in the early days of the internet. And, uh, but then one day somebody, um, noticed that I was consistent. I was working for a content farm. Um, somebody noticed I was consistent. Um, and she said, blog, blog marketing is going to be the next big thing. We'd like you to write. We've, we've got a corporate client who needs to build content on a new retirement blog. And so she asked me to start writing about money and I've never looked back. And so now I just write about money on the internet. And, um, I, could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm the first person who freelanced about money on the internet um, way back in the day, like 2006. So like in internet years, I'm like over oh, 100. ancient, right? Yes, yes. Ancient total history. So uh, yeah, so I've been writing about money on the internet and kind of just built my business around providing content, written content about money to various websites that cover money issues. Okay, so your degree, you got your master's degree in journalism. Yes. Did you see that this is where that was going to lead you to? Yeah, interestingly enough, when I started at Syracuse uh, University for my master's degree, they I, I don't remember if it was the first or second year, but it was one of the early years where they actually um, added online journalism. So it was so the degree is magazine, newspaper and online journalism. Okay. And it was, you know, when they had when they were first adding that online piece to it, um, when I actually went, so you had through some it. exposure while you were going through, right? Your yeah, journalism. and and so so it was at that beginning when we knew it was going to take off, and um, I I knew how hard it was to like pitch magazine people, um, pitch newspaper editors, especially as a freelancer, right? And I really saw that online piece, and one of the reasons why I chose Syracuse was because. It had that online piece um, because I was like, well, if I really want to stay home and I really want to make this successful, um, online's the way to go and getting in early is the way to do it. And like I said, I mean, I was there at the beginning of blogging as marketing and, um, and, and just being able to get on that ground floor was very, it just, I mean, it just really helped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, speaking of, we are sitting in your home. So if yes. you can, if any, if our listeners can hear, there is a fire crackling in the background because it's a lovely 
<laughs> to be able to be at home and work. Yay! Yeah, no yes. kidding. Oh, yes. So how did that lead you to, did you know that your future was going to be writing online once you graduated? You're like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. You had never intended on going out and right. hitting I mean, the beat. <laughs> yeah. Well, so originally, um, when I first so, I mean, I, when I first went to college, I was a physics major, oh. and then then I switched to communications, and I worked in newspaper advertising. Had you always loved to write? Yeah, I actually always loved reading and always loved writing and always done it, but I never thought of it as a career. And then I went and worked in newspaper advertising and for a small town newspaper. And one day, the reporters were sick. They needed something written quick. And, and, it. and normally, normally, never, you know, the two sides don't meet. You don't have somebody in advertising come over and write no. a little news brief. You just don't. But it was a small newspaper. They were in a pinch. And they asked me to just write just a little news brief. And I had to interview somebody. And it was really fun. And I really enjoyed it. And I was like, I want to do journalism. And, you know, and I've always been interested in politics, I've always been interested in the public sphere, and so um, it was just kind of this natural thing that kind of moved me there. And and when my um, then husband finished his degree and was talking about grad school, he was like, "Hey, you should go to grad school too." And journal, I mean, I just, I just wanted fit. to do journal. It just fit. And so I went, and I originally was like, "I want to be an investigative journalist and write for newspapers," but. You know, the writing was on the wall. About at, by the end of my first semester in journalism school, I was like, "Newspapers are going to have a rocky fall here. Yeah, right. It's, it's going to be you rough." You could see what was happening, and even magazines, and and you know, you could see that online was was the future. And so I kind of shifted gears and said, "Well, if I really want to make this work, and I really want to be able to do this into the future, I'm going to need to focus on on the internet and, and online." Okay, so you decided that. How did you get yourself out there? You said that you worked for uh, a group that published blogs. Right, yeah. So, I mean, originally I just, you know, I just started hitting the job boards. You know, there were job boards even then. Now there are even more. <laughs> but They might have not been easy, as easy to find. Um, yeah, so actually they were probably easier to find because there weren't very many. And oh, you that's just, true. You just Googled, like, writing jobs. <laughs> and there it came. And, you know, there weren't. But uh, so I started doing it and I actually started writing uh, for a physics website Yeah. Um, because that was my background yeah. was, you know, I'd, I'd been a physics major um, even though it was in the distance past, but still I still made sense to you. Yeah. You could talk that. And I still followed science news and still did it. And so I actually started writing for a physics website. But, you know, at the beginning of the blogging, <laughs> I guess you could say, um, content farms were a thing. Oh yeah. They're still they're still out there, but back then, I mean, it was a thing. It was before, you know, Google's algorithms changed. Like back in those days, you could write a 350 world article and just stuff it with keywords and it would be a screaming Hit. success. Mm -hmm. And so I actually just started writing. It was called Associated Content. Later on it was bought by Yahoo and was called Yahoo Voices and then and then it just got folded in and shuttered eventually as the death of the content farm in that form you know which it didn't and whatever. Anyway, so so yeah, so I actually just started writing for this content farm because they would pay me up front. It was not very much, but they would pay me up front. And then they also paid me residuals to pay, based on how many page views my stuff got. Yeah, yeah. And so 
it was a good way to like get the revenue going. But anyway, so I posted regularly and somebody messaged me through the content platform because she was what I was talking about before. She was, she was somebody who was watching uh-huh. and looking and she said, you know, she messaged me and she said, your stuff is you post every single day. She's like, I need somebody who's reliable and who's decent. Because, you know, back in those days, anybody would put anything. I mean, there was something on this site that placed the Grand Canyon in Colorado. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't so, have to be validated. So even my, even my, even on my crappy day, I was still doing pretty yeah, good. Yeah, you were. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so she did. And so she said, well, we have a network. We're going to, we're starting a, a marketing firm to like help provide blog content for corporate websites. And that's kind of. You know, it was much easier to get noticed back then because there were very few people doing it. So you jumped to finance. How uh, finance was not your what you were subject no, matter expert uh-uh. in, but you are now. You clearly you've won awards for this. This has been definitely something that you are a subject matter expert for. How yes. did you take that journey? Just talking to people, right? Just started learning. I huh? just started learning. I started researching. I talked to other experts. Um, I read about financial theory. I read about all of this stuff. I started looking at, well, how do I want to manage my own money? I started looking at the crappy way I'd manage my money. Yeah. The, like, you know, you had a frame of reference of yes. what not to do. Yes. I mean, I was, <laughs> I, I graduated from, from college with more student loans than I should have had. Yeah. I mean, I had the best of us. I have scholarships. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why do I have student loans when I have scholarships? Because you need play because money. Because I'm a stupid. I guess. Yeah, I'm a st- <laughs> stupid young person. Yeah, right. But no, uh, you know, I had I had credit card debt. I made stupid decisions about taxes. I did bad things with my retirement account. Yeah. You know? I did all the stupid stuff, and so I so I had that combination of like life experience reading and then talking to experts and then learning my own way. And so so then over time, yeah, I became a subject matter expert. And now, you know, sometimes I'm, you know, go ahead, you know, Google me, Google my name next to CNBC. I'm yeah. not, you know, I'm a, well, I will. So yeah. I, I, I can promote a few of those things. So you wrote a book. But that was not on yes. finance. That was actually on blogging. Yeah, that was actually on blogging, and it's. I probably ought to update it because it was released in. It was released in 2013, mm-hmm. and it's out of date. Things have changed since then. <laughs> yes, the internet no. is always changing. It was funny because actually, um, prior to that, I had co-written a book about building community online, and we published it. And um, the examples that we had used in that building community book. By the time it was published, and then six months later, it was already outdated. Yeah, isn't it amazing? So, yeah. so yeah. So, I really probably should do a second edition of, of my book because that was five, you know, a little more than five years ago. Remind and, us what the title of the book is. Oh, it's called Confessions of a Professional Blogger. Okay. So, if I wanted to be a professional blogger, that's a good place to start it's with a, frame of reference that it was from 2013. Yes. Okay. Yes. And and many of the the things in it, many of the concepts in it, still hold up. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, there's definitely have changed a little. I would make some changes to it. Um, and and uh, definitely, that's probably one of my things for this year is to like go back through update it and consider re-releasing it. Okay, so you got this book. Mm-hmm. Um, you have also, like you have already indicated, you have published for places like CNBC, Fox News. Talk to me a little bit about what that looks like. Yeah, so well, so some of the stuff that has appeared on places like CNBC and Fox Business and Yahoo Finance, um, that stuff is kind of syndicated, right? So, right. 
So um, it's, or, or even MSN money. Um, I would write it for a different outlet and then it would be syndicated to these sites. Got so it. some of that has happened. Um, some of it's like directly written. How often do you write then? Are you writing every day? Yeah, I write every day, um, which is great. I like it. <laughs> so normally I get up and I write an article or two and then I can work on other things. And has it day. been like that from the beginning? Uh, You've written every day. Oh gosh, yes, yeah. So yeah, back in the day I used to have to write a lot more but they were shorter and crappier articles. <laughs> about <laughs> So the quality was a little bit shoddy. Well, you know, you, you kind of, you know, back in the day, in the early days, you know, when it was those 350 world articles and writing, I mean, I took any work, right, yeah. necessary. Like, like when you start out to be a professional writer, you're like, I'm going to write high-minded treatises on things that matter. matter. Yes, make a difference. <laughs> And, and then you start writing and the money, you just take the money where it comes. And I was writing for a website that sold bamboo flooring and writing descriptions of different types of bamboo, bamboo flooring. I bet you know a lot about bamboo flooring. I do. And I yes. also, and I learned, I learned the difference between um, Venetian blinds. <laughs> Yeah, another because okay. I wrote for I because you know it was like I said it was kind of the beginning of this whole internet marketing and so everybody wanted to get their products online and as a freelancer you were for hire for whatever right yes yes, mm -hmm. yes. so I did I would I would write just oodles of mind numbing things for days um, for whatever money I could get and then you know, apply for these other jobs or, or write for this content farm, you know, I mean, it was, it was a very disciplined thing where I would say, okay, I need to work this many hours. Okay, I've got these many descriptions I need to write. All right, I still have, my son is still at preschool for another two hours. So now I need to go to the content farm and write Tell for me, the content farm. Did you, do you get burnt out in writing? I did actually. Um, sometime... Oh, when was it? I don't remember exactly, but at one point in time, after I'd shifted to money, I was writing, um, I was writing 30 money articles a week and it was insane. And, and there was a point in time where I was, I was ghostwriting articles, writing articles with my byline. And there was at, at one point, I kid you not, probably about 70% of the personal finance stuff that was online was written was by me, mm -hmm. either ghostwritten. Um, because I mean, I, I, would, I would be ghostwriting for financial planners who were being, who, who were being published in, for different websites. And so, um, so yeah, so And it, I think, it and maybe crazy. you had already said this, but you really were one of the only ones that was, were doing yes. financial writing. Right, and now like the market is saturated with people who can do it, and it's great. It's great to see that. Uh, but at the time, yeah, I was one of the very few people who w were doing it for hire mm -hmm. and, you know, who, who could write for, who could do all of these articles. But yeah, I, I got burnt out, and for about three days, I just just didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, that's just, been a huge for I you to... I just disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then really took a look at, okay, um, do I need to say yes to everything? Also, P.S., why am I just accepting these low rates? And, and then I just restructured the whole way I approached my business. Okay, so that does lead me to a question that mm -hmm. 
how how do you price yourself for what you're worth? Clearly, you've got so much experience now, but if you yeah. were talking to somebody new coming into the business, that's a tough thing. Like, how do I charge somebody for my writing? Right, and that's hard because um, when you are doing, especially when you're doing writing online, there are so many variables you have to take into, into account. One of them is what kind of website am I writing for, right? So my rates for like a small independent writer would be different Dude, than yeah. when I do agency work yeah. or if I write for a large, very profitable website. You're adjusting based on right. who you're writing for. Right, yeah, so so you, you adjust based on who you're writing for. Then you have to adjust based on, okay, how much research am I gonna have to do? How long is this article? Do I actually have to talk to somebody and get a quote? Um, you know, do I need to dig through a data set? Am I going to have to be digging through a data set? Um, do they expect me to find my own images? Am I going to have to, you know, do I have to load it into the content management system myself and format it or is somebody else gonna do that for me? So what I hear you saying is obviously in your line of work mm -hmm. and I think for so many of us, getting clear in the beginning as, as to what exactly the expectations are was key for you. Oh, definitely, and that's the thing. I, I talk about it up front, and, and what I say is when people say, what are your rates? I say, what do you expect me to do? Yeah, yeah. And I get what they expect me to do and then quote them a price yeah. on my rates basis, on a per article basis, and you know, okay, are you guys gonna sign a contract with me and um, you know, basically guarantee me work for the next six months? So was that one of the hardest things that you had, uh, one of the greatest struggles that you had in getting your business off of the ground pricing? Or was there another thing that was one of your greatest struggles to <laughs> get through before you could get that business going? Yeah, so well, getting the business going as far as pricing goes wasn't very hard because, um, and even now today, um, as a writer on the internet, no matter what you're writing about, you can find somebody who's willing to pay you. It may not be very much, but you can find somebody willing to pay you. Okay. Um, because content is such a huge thing. Okay. And even if, you know, even though video is rising, even though audio is rising, written content is still a huge deal. And uh, so, so finding the work isn't hard. Now, structuring it so that you start making money and getting paid what you're worth, that's more difficult. Uh -huh. And um, so, yeah, I was actually surprised. Um, you know, it only took about six months for me to be able to make enough money to be paying rent. I mean, I was working all the time. I mean, at one point I was, mm. I mean, you know, you start a business thinking I'm going to be lying on beaches while my business magically sends me money. <laughs> yes. But there was a point in time where I was working 70 hours a week, churning out horrible things that I hated writing. And every entrepreneur, I think, goes through a period where they're working more than they ever thought they would and working more than they ever did in their quote unquote real job. You can hear the air quotes. Yes, <laughs> real job. got it. Um, but, um, Right, and so I was going through that. I spent, um, you know. And that's a real reality, right. you know, kick because right. we have these fantasies that it's going to be all this free time and leisure, but man, you're right. I think sometimes it becomes more, it's, it's yeah. so much more. It's just different. Yeah, and, and once you get that going, so most of mine was like, okay, um, you know, when I decided to switch to writing about money, right, and, and saw that that's where you know, the niche, the niche was, saw that that was where um, the success was going to be. 
and I switched and, and, you know, and eventually I did, I had to, you know, I, for a while, for a couple years, I still did the science writing and the money writing, but eventually the money writing started overtaking the science writing. So I had to quit that. Mm -hmm. And once I decided to kind of niche down, uh, that's when I discovered that I could start charging more because I was specializing yeah, yeah. and I, rather than being utilitarian. And so that helps too, if you can do that, you know, find that niche and kind of specialize, um, you know, and, and, you know, I was talking to somebody not too long ago who was like, oh, well, I can get somebody to write general articles about money and just churn out content for X dollars per article. And he's like, you're very expensive. And I said, yeah, I do boutique Fancy like that. Word. Yes, I love it. <laughs> I do. It sounds so French. I'm like, well, I do boutique writing, you know, specifically for my clients. So specifically for this newsletter mm -hmm. that my client is sending out, or specifically for this website, and it's long form and it's got very specific detail. You know, I mean, yes, any anybody can fire off an article about the difference between a tax deduction and a tax credit and it can go on any website and you can do a 700 word article and you can pay somebody to churn it out and it'll be fine and it'll be a nice little SEO addition uh, addition to your site um, but it's not going to be you know specific and yeah. I said you know the writing I do yeah there's an e there's a search engine optimization element to it I make sure I use the keywords but it's tailored and it has a specific voice and it's specific for my clients. So, you know, I told him, yes, I know you can, you can hire any number of people who are, who will write this for less. Um, and you know, go find them. <laughs> like I am a boutique writer. Well, and you haven't yeah. only had to become a subject matter expert in finance, but obviously in search engine optimization and all of the things that go along with finding those articles. Yeah, I would not call myself an SEO expert. <laughs> well, you're more of an expert than I am, so there you go. I'm going to give but, you the credit. But I can, but I, but you I know keywords. But I know what I need to mm -hmm. do to like work it and do what it needs to be done for my clients. So speaking of that, I think there's a lot of business owners that might not even really understand that that's a thing, you know, that we have yeah. search engine optimization and how to maximize that. So that's a whole nother level of right. uh, having a business and the things that we have to consider when we're just, when we put out content. Oh yeah, definitely. And that's, you know, and even, and you look at my own personal websites and you'd be like, oh my gosh, what is this chick doing? Because, <laughs> because honestly, like I don't, and one of the problems with being a freelancer is I do have my websites. They are marginally profitable, <laughs> but they're not as profitable as they should be because if I was doing all of the things I know I should be doing. Yeah, you're, do, you're too busy doing them for someone but else. Yeah, I'm yeah. too busy doing them for somebody else. And so that's well, actually one of my challenges uh, is to focus on my own web properties going forward and kind of make time for that. And one of the nice things about getting to this point as a freelancer is now I, I charge more and work less. Uh, goes back to that burnout thing. I w went down and said, my pricing structure is awful. I need to revisit my pricing structure and charge more so that I can work less so that I'm not burning out. Yeah. And I think all entre entrepreneurs get to that point where they're like, okay, I've got to switch something up. Whether, okay, I got to stop trying to do everything myself. It's time to outsource and have somebody else take on these other tasks so I can focus on the big picture. 
So uh, whether it's like learning to outsource and delegate, whether it's learning to change your pricing structure so that it makes more sense. Mm -hmm. At some point, entrepreneurs get to that point where they're like, oh my gosh, why am I working 60 to 70 hours a week? I've got to make this change. And once you've done that and you've gotten to the point where you've got that profitable base, then you can start switching. And now today I live this wonderful life that everybody looks at and says, oh my gosh, you travel at least once a month. You have this How free do you time. Do How do you do? It's like, well, I spent six or seven years working on it and building mm -hmm. it. You know, it didn't just all of a sudden happen. And I don't think that comes easy to, to many of us because just like you said, so I yeah. decide to raise my prices, I might lose customers. Yeah. Never, that might actually be a good thing because you, like you said, you niche yeah. down to the people who you, uh, you're doing your most your most talented work with and yes. your quality is definitely there. So oh, yeah. hard though for us who are just like living from dime to dime, just anything that will come in. Is right. And it's, and it's hard to say no. Like I've, I've actually um, said no in the last couple of weeks. I've had to say no to like five different clients where they've come and they say, Hey, can you do this? And I say, maybe for this much. And I say, well, can you bring it down? And I say, no. And they say, well, then we'll go with somebody else. And I say more power to you. Yeah. That's and that nice is hard. That gotten to that point, and though. it's and it is hard because you know you get in this mindset, this scarcity mindset, where it's like, if I say yeah. no to this, will I have something later? And um, you kind of have to say, okay, it's okay to say no, and um, and you need to for your own sanity. So that leads me to my next question: What is one belief that you've had that may have once kept you from pursuing this venture or more? charging more or whatever it is, that once you eliminated, you were able to move forward? So I think the idea that I have to do everything myself was the big one. You know, I have to do my own taxes. I have to do my own. I mean, I used to do my own podcast editing, and I surely don't do that now. <laughs> um, I have to do my own podcast editing. I have to do my own social media posting. I have to I have to clean my own house. <laughs> yeah, you don't, huh? <laughs> you don't. And and so when I, you know, and, and one of the first realizations came um, close to the same time actually was uh, when I actually hired somebody to start editing my podcast and then hired somebody else to start, started hiring somebody else to do my taxes. Um, when th those two things were, ama were amazing to me because, it, you know, it's like, well, you can do it yourself, but should you? Yeah, right. <laughs> should you really? Right. And having somebody else do that and paying somebody else, essentially I started buying more time. And, you know, you think about it and it's like, yeah, I can change my own oil, but it's going to take me two hours. Yeah, and Oswald Service can do that for you. Exactly, so. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you should have us do Just it. Just right into that. That was very nice. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> but that's the thing, right? So you, So I can pay somebody else to change my oil. Yeah. It takes a half an hour. And while they're doing it, I can either sit down and answer some emails that need to be answered and, 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 and you know, answering that email might mean, you know, might mean a big contract. Right. And so instead of changing my own oil and missing out on an opportunity or having a meeting, I've done it. I've, I've actually dropped off my car at a place to have my oil changed and then, um, then taken a lift to someplace quiet and had a meeting while my oil was being yeah, changed. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and think yeah. that's, I mean, I have been um, in studying, obviously, business ownership. That's exactly some of the advice that's out there. How much are you worth? What is your hourly yep. rate? And if it's costing $20 an hour to pay someone to 
clean your home, how much are you actually losing for, you know, right. taking that hour to do it yourself? So that's tough though, because that's the yeah. $20 that's out of my pocket. And oh, it's so, that's a challenging thing for business owners. And flipping that and saying, okay, I'm gonna buy, I'm gonna buy myself two hours. So it takes about two hours to clean my house. Yeah. And I pay somebody else to do it. Yeah. In one hour of work, I can make five times what I am paying. Right. The person cleaning my house. Yeah. So that's a mindset shift. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I have so I have freed up two hours of my time, one hour of time. Now I'm making five times what I'm paying them, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then I still have an hour after I've worked for that hour. I still have an hour left to go do what I want. Yeah. I can do something like um, my son and I can go to the museum. I can go have my nails done. Yeah. Whatever. Because you know what? Um, paying somebody else to clean my house and making five times what I paid them. That also means I've made enough, to, more than enough to pay to have my nails done. So, <laughs> so it's a bonus. There. So it's a bonus. Well, and I think that we also have to realize that when you have us change your oil, it's service that we get to do, plus mm -hmm. it's business that you are giving to the community. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, that's sometimes a hard concept when you're paying for things to have done, but it's worth it for our time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, to have that time back and... And the oil change is a really great one because and then, <laughs> I'm glad we keep coming back I know, to that. Let's just Thank keep, you. Let's, let's just keep beating that yes. one. <laughs> but um, but no, it, it's a great example because it's one of those things that many people uh, talk about in terms of um, you know things you could learn to do yourself and you can save yourself fifty bucks. Mm. $39.99. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. No, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so you can save yourself $39.99. So um, but it's like well. How much time is it taking? Yeah. You've you got have to, to go get the supplies. Right? You've got to properly dispose of the oil yes, yourself. Indeed. You've got to take the time. You've got to do all that stuff. And and it becomes this big process. Well, what could you be doing with that time instead? Could you be, like I said, making more money? Could you be leveraging that? Yeah. And you're not even good at changing your own oil. Right. You might leave the oil pan loose. I yeah. don't even know if that's a thing, but I think it is. So, yeah. So, so you're not even good at changing your own oil. And people are always, this is the thing that drives me nuts. And one of the things that I learned, I had a wonderful person who had us go through this thing once called Strength Finders. Yeah. Strength Finders. I'm aware of that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you go through and you find out what your strengths are. And the whole idea behind Strength Finder is stop trying to turn your weaknesses into strengths. Mm -hmm. That's a waste of your time. Well, because right? all you do, all you do is mess around. You hate doing it yeah. because it's a pain in the butt, and you hate doing it. And all you're doing is wasting all this time doing stuff you don't want to do. What if instead you took your strengths and leveraged them? Pay, you know. So I'm a big fan of saying, okay, outsource your weaknesses leverage your strengths. And it goes back to that whole, what, the 80-20, right? The Pareto principle. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're all of these things. They're all interconnected. Yes, exactly. You know, pick, pick, you know, outsource the 80% of stuff that's not effective and focus and on the, the 20, 20 that you yeah. can do. That's your talent and your zone of genius or whatever you want to call yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So, so leverage that. And so then that was, that was the thing is when I started paying people to do stuff that was like sucking my time and energy and giving me nothing in return, all of a sudden Changed. it was so much easier to scale up because now I'm focusing on the stuff that matters so, and getting a bigger return for it. Yeah, absolutely. So clearly I hear that that would probably be advice that you would give to someone mm -hmm. um, as far as a success principle. Have you ever received advice that you were like, oh, this is a golden nugget and I love it. And do you still abide by that? Yeah, well, what I just said is that. Okay, <laughs> yeah, so no, my both ways. Yeah, so my podcast editor was um, 
was was one of the guys that was just like, hey, you know, how much time are you, you spending? You don't need to be doing this. How much time are you spending editing your podcast? How much is that time worth to you? Mm -hmm. And that was very helpful. Um, and then the other one was definitely, hey, uh, I had a actually one of my long-term clients that had become a friend um, said, hey, um, I'm really not paying you enough for what you're doing. And you need to stop accepting what people give you and start asking for what you are worth. Wow. And that was, you know, and I, that was from a client. Yeah. I was like, well, now you know you're going to have to pay me more, right? <laughs> <laughs> and you, but at that time, you were okay to accept it. Like you heard what he said and you didn't yes. go into the dark, dreary place of I'm not worth it. This is what I love to do. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And he was like, he was like, you are worth a ton more. And, and he used an example. And, you know, I hate to bring in, you know, gender politics and whatever, but, you know, it is a problem for us and it's a whole problem for another episode. Yes. But, um, but he did say, he's like, look, I am paying a dude who doesn't write as well as you more, more money mm -hmm. because he asked for it. And that's what he asked for. And he said, you should be making more than that guy is, but he is making twice what you're making. And he probably didn't feel bad about asking for it. No. Yeah. So, so having this client talk to me about this and it really kind of, you know, made me think about it and it came on the heels of my burnout breakdown and you know, timing. all of this mm -hmm. stuff was like coming together and, but yes, having somebody say, stop taking what people are giving you and ask. For and that, yeah, and that really um, changed a lot for me. Great. That's um, great advice. I think yeah. for all of us, we're scared sometimes to ask because mm -hmm. then what if they leave? And, and, if, and if they do, who cares? Yeah, right. One of the things I am finding in my life here as a freelancer is that the people who pay me the most are the easiest to deal with. Mm -hmm. It's really weird. You'd think they'd be more demanding because of how much they're paying me, but they're the ones that ask for the fewest revisions. They're the ones that say, oh, I trust her to do what she's supposed to do. The ones that pay me the least are the ones who are like, oh, well. Nitpick every little yep, thing. Yeah, they nitpick every little thing. And they're like, well, I'm not doing my job as an editor <laughs> if I haven't found something wrong. Mm -hmm. And and some of them have even tried things like, like I'm like, uh, I had a client once where I was like, all right, you know, they were only willing to pay for a 500 word article. They didn't want to pay for more. It was 500 words. Guess how much detail you can get in a 500 word article? Not much. Not, not that much. <laughs> but they would send, but they sent back a revision and they were like, we want more detail in this paragraph, this paragraph, this paragraph. Basically, they wanted to, they wanted a 1200 word article oh, got it. for the 500 word price. Sure. And they were trying to use revisions as a way to like get the word count up. So do you feel as a I fired owner? them actually, yeah, by right, the way. I was say, how do you, how'd you handle that? Good. I, I fired my client. Yeah. I was like, this, I'm not We're dealing not the right with fit. this crap. You need to find somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. But that's the thing I found is if somebody is, if somebody wants to, you know, get a good deal on your services that you're providing for them, they're always going to be trying to undercut you they're always going to be trying to nitpick you and they're always going to be trying to like nickel and dime mm -hmm. and they are the worst to deal with 
And so it's okay. Take the leap, let them go, and there will be somebody. It's it's yes. that scarcity versus abundance uh, mentality Definitely. that you're talking about. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, we all need to subscribe to that abundance mentality a little bit more as business owners, that's for sure. Oh, you have to. You really have to. So you're an author. I have to ask you, do you have a book that you have been inspired by? Anything that changed your life or helped you with your mindset? Actually, yes. So there's this, um, there's this book, uh, as far as personal finance goes, there's this book called The Millionaire Fast Lane okay. by M.J. DeMarco. And this is actually a book that gets a lot of crap sometimes and there's you're a here to defend it not necessarily you know and some of the stuff mj demarco says i don't agree with there's a lot of stuff um but the thing i liked about his book the millionaire fast lane is he talked about um you know charting your own course and he talked about how like um you know you listen to 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 different like gurus who are like oh well here's how to work for the next 40 years and set aside money and grow your retirement how's that working for you? Like, yeah, do you right. like, like a lot of, a lot of what you read about money is geared toward the assumption that you're going to work for 30 to 40 right, years Right. and reading his book and talking about, well, here's what you need to do if you want to, you know, it, it do this quicker, do this quicker or even, you know, so, so it was kind of a conf confluence of two things. So I read this book, the millionaire fast lane by MJ DeMarco. And then yeah, I know it sounds so horrifying and cliche, but um, I, about about the same time I read the Four Hour Work Week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. everybody knows that right. Tim Ferriss, and then also um, then there's another book called I Will Teach You to Be Rich by um, Ramit Sethi. These three books kind of it had this kind of confluence in my head, kind of banged together, and um, you know. So yeah, so MJ DeMarco talked about, you know, when you, when you look at gurus who are giving you advice, they're not following that advice. Like um, Susie Orman's great. A lot of the stuff she says is great. Dave Ramsey is fine. A lot of the stuff he says is great um, for different periods of your life. And that's a whole other episode as well. But Susie Orman isn't working for 40 years in a mm. regular job. Right. Right. right, right. She's got a different business model for her life. Right. Um, which is fine. And I don't have a problem. Uh, but that was just one of the things that really struck me about MJ DeMarco's book. Um, and then called that out. Yeah. And then the four hour work week, um, Tim Ferriss talks a lot about, you know, lifestyle design um, and, you know, outsourcing stuff. And, you know, that's banging together in my head. And really made me think about outsourcing and, and everything. And then um, I will teach you to be rich from Ramit Sethi. He takes a look at like, okay, uh, what, what, what amount of money do you need to live the lifestyle you want? Now, how are you going to get that money to make it happen? Like, and so, so all this stuff kind of bangs together and you kind of, and I kind of mixed it together in a, a soup that made me say, okay, um, I do want to create a lifestyle I want to live right now. I'm really burnt out. How do I switch things around yeah yeah and how do I make it happen and how do I start with your end um, my friend his name's Joe Salcihai my friend Joe Salcihai who does this great podcast called Stacking Benjamins yeah heard it mm -hmm. yeah he's mm -hmm. fantastic mm -hmm. he's actually um in fact I think that's why I downloaded the app Clarity did he oh yeah he yeah, yeah he talks about Clarity okay sometimes. See? yeah there we go yeah so anyway one of the things that he's famous for saying is be start with the end in mind and you know and he talks about that a lot. It's, you know, you figure out what you want yeah, and, and work, work backwards. backwards. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and I was actually just on a different podcast yesterday morning <laughs> talking about um, 
you know, how so many people say, I've got to get a job and then I'll do this. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. You're doing it backward. What you need to say is, this is what I want my life to look look like. What are the steps I need to take to get to that end point? Mm -hmm. What does someone who has a life like this look like? And yeah. then, yeah, structure your life like that. Yeah, right. great advice. And it takes a while to get there. You know, it's not going to well, happen overnight. Well, that's the other thing. It's yeah. the patience and the fact you do have to put in a little bit of work. I, I mean, I will remind our listeners, you've been freelancing for over 10 years. Yes. This did not come to you overnight. You've had to work work up to this as well. Right, exactly. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I, we, I famously wrote an article about the overnight success. <laughs> it's like the overnight success is pre you know, as pre is the prelude to the overnight success is like, like yeah. years of work, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's so true. And people don't see that part. That's yeah. the, we all want the silver bullet, my friend. Yep. Um, okay, so what are the visions for the future for you? Like, where do you think this is going to take you? Are you happy with the work you're doing now, or what do you think is going to be in your future? Yeah, I love what I'm doing right now. Um, I would like to focus more on my website, my own web properties, like I talked about. I need to bring that focus back to those things and, and build uh, those up. Um, I have a couple other projects that I'm interested in and trying to decide if I want to take on. Um, but a, a, a lot of the time too um, is, you know, um, when, when you have a 16 year old you're, yes. and you're a single mom, you're kind of in a holding pattern for right. a little bit. Right. So, um, so a lot of it has to do with, all right, get my son through high school. Um, and then see where I'm at. But really, um, for the immediate future, really bringing that focus back to my own web properties and making sure that they're as profitable as they should be. Uh, like I said, they're profitable now. I mean, that's fine. Yeah. It's fine. But you could do more. But they're not living up to their potential. <laughs> well, we're not here to judge. I can tell you that. No judgment at all. All right. Well, Miranda, anything else you want to share with us before we wrap this up? No, I think I've talked for a long time. I'm so, so appreciative of it. <laughs> Thank it's you been so much for listening to me ramble. Oh, no, I love it. Um, what a great time I've had talking to you today. Um, as a resident of East Idaho, I feel pretty special having your talent here oh, in our that's midst. That's so kind. Um, I am feeling a little intimidated about writing my own blog for this episode, so I might have to hire you to write, <laughs> write your you own can't blog. You can't afford me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's probably true. <laughs> very true. Uh, but I look forward to watching you continue to set financial world on fire or anything else you set your mind to. So thanks for your words of wisdom and your inspirational story. And I hope that it has definitely lifted somebody's day today and just given us, you know, something. We're all in the same, whether, you know, we're doing podcasting or freelancing or repairing cars. We just, we all have the same kind of challenges. So thanks for sharing yours with us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, as a reminder, our show is sponsored by Oswald Service and Repair with locations in Idaho Falls and Rexburg. So please visit us when you need quality automotive repair provided with integrity and honesty. Our family is honored to take care of your family and we will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. Proudly brought to you by Oswald Service and Repair for all your car care needs in Eastern Idaho. Let our family take care of yours. www.oswaldserviceinc.com.